Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. SRB Media. Is it so you're lost in dreams beside the world? Want to go where I'm not? Hello. Good evening, TC. Good evening, Gabby. And welcome all to part 14 of our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. So, what's been going on this week, mate? A week's a long time in football and a week's a long time in life. What have you been up to? Well, uh, I, did, I haven't been to watch Jock play, but he didn't play on Saturday. They got beat again. Right, OK. That's and Jock then, watch sorted. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, they played on a Monday night and they put all kids in with Jock. All, uh, with Jock played with all the kids on a Monday night and they went and beat the top of League 5-1. So, in one sense, a little bit better this week. <laughs> <laughs> but, From uh, the ridiculous to the sublime rather than the yeah. other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. The big top at league, uh, well, second top, top at league, sorry. Uh, third top at league, 5 1. It's unbelievable, like you say. It is. You, well, you just can't believe it sometimes, can you? I can't in football because nothing does surprise me in football. But if you actually play football players in a game of football, it's surprising what results you actually achieve, now, isn't it? They, you've hit the nail on the end there, but it, obviously it's a bit more difficult for me to talk about yeah. it when it's, when it's my own son. But yeah. uh, you're right there. Yeah, it's proven. It's a proven fact throughout football history. But I mean, people have the opinions, and you've got to give people uh, the respect of their opinions. Um, as long as people don't start falling out. I mean, when I express my opinion, it's my opinion. It doesn't mean I'm right. I'm just giving you my opinion. But then people always want to argue uh, about certain things. I try not to get into that. You see. Tell me about it. I do, I do notice on your feeds that you are very. Gracious like that, tell you give your opinion and you you know thank others for for doing that. I get so much aggravation with my support of Jack Grealish being a Birmingham City supporter, and then when people start having a go, I have a go back, and I've come to the conclusion that you do it absolutely right when someone comes in and says something. If you think it's stupid and ridiculous, just ignore it and they'll go away. And that's what I've done. And as a direct result, I don't do anything Birmingham City now. I've written Birmingham City out of this podcast. And we're going to be following Nottingham Forest's results rather than Birmingham City's. Because I'm I'm fed up of negative comments. And when I post things about Birmingham... I never get any feedback. So Blues fans aren't interested in Birmingham. They hate the Villa. They hate Jack Grealish. And they don't like me. So I think it's time to move on. But what we're going to move on to firstly tonight is the numbers game, as always. And number 14, we've got to talk about the Dutch master. There's only one one number 14. That's uh, Johan Cruyff. And the legacy he's left behind in football, uh, well, it's second to none. I would say it is a number one. Uh, he's number one at that uh, level with a coach and he's left behind yeah. um, for people like Guardiola to uh, follow on and, and take it on to the next uh, level, the next generation. And 
thank God for people like Guardiola and uh, Cruyff. Uh, Guardiola what follows in that footstep of Cruyff, and uh, it gives me at least it gives me a great pleasure watching that type of football. I think it gives every football person pleasure in watching that type of football because that's the way that football should be played. And between you and Alan Hudson, you've both educated me. I do look at the game slightly different now, but I've always loved that style of play. I don't think you can beat passing the ball, moving. You know, I mean, Tottenham done that in the 60s with the old push and run. You know, exactly. it's a winning formula. Cruyff got that from his master, Renus Michels. Michels, yeah. Renus Michels got that from the Magic Magiers. And yeah. and I look, I was listening to Talk Sport the other day, and I forget who it was, and it doesn't really matter. But they asked, the Scottish Football Association asked Renus Michels for a blueprint how to take Scotland and the Scottish game forward. So he took time out and he'd, he'd done a dossier for me. He prepared everything. He presented to it. Do you know what they did? They ignored it. <laughs> well, the, the thing with any, everything like that, Gabby, you've yeah. only got to look how we've followed, uh, we've followed uh, or gone down a route which has left us behind uh, uh, for years. And obviously people are not going to agree with what I'm saying, a lot of people, but there'll be a lot more what, what do agree with it. But a lot of them won't uh, express the reviews, uh, the views because of um, the friend are losing the jobs. Yeah, you know, and and I get that, but uh, you are one hundred percent right on that one. Well, I mean, we can both look at Scotland, the the players they used to produce. Are Scotland never going to win a World Cup? No. no. But what they what they what they did do was give us some great great footballers. <coughs> Excuse me. What we like watching, well, what I like watching, and I would imagine hundreds of thousands of other people like watching them play. You know, your Dennis Laws, your Doug Gleeses, your Zunas, your Jimmy Johnson, your Danny Gray, and so on and so on. You know, um, and they've gone down a route like the English uh, or the British Wales Ireland. They've gone down that route at all cost of uh, not winning. We work on defensive football, and what has it brought us? We finished up. Uh, with a load of foreign players in England and a load of managers, uh, foreign managers, and they all complain about it. But thank Lord for them players and those managers in my eyes, because at the end of the day, uh, they have brought some pleasure back to, 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 to my eyes to watch the great players of yesteryear. And when I'm seeing some of the great players now, because of these continental managers, uh, uh, managers I think it's fantastic. But. If we can go back to that opening statement, Scotland and everyone in the World Cup, I mean, they won't win the World Cup going forward or the way that they're going, they won't win the World Cup. But there's an argument, and I put this to um, to, to Jim McCallagher when I interviewed him last month. When you look at the, the, the Scottish team in 1966 and 1967, they've got the best team in Europe, Celtic and the Lisbon Lions. They... They beat the world champions, England, when Jim scored the goal and it was 3-1. And, and then, um, you know, England scored a late goal and made it 3-2. But there's an argument. And I said to Jim, you know, if you played that World Cup in Scotland rather than play it in England, Scotland were very much a match for England. And you could argue that if they'd have played that World Cup in Scotland, Scotland could have been world champions in 1966. I, I get where you're coming from. The, the, when you when you go back to the the, the, the Lisbon Lions, when yeah. we all go back to look at them, mm -hmm. they were natural talented footballers. Yeah. 
you know, people won't have it. You know, the, the, the thing has got to be an athlete and, he's, you know, he's got to be pumped over top. We've got to chase it. You know, the intelligent footballers will always destroy the athletes. Yeah. Uh, so when, when we look at the Lisbon Lions, they were fantastic football players. Fantastic. And they competed on on the world stage, right, with a great manager in Jock Steen. If you take Rangers and Celtic, if they'd have gone down the route like Holland have, yeah, Holland have a, a bigger nation than Scotland. But if they'd have gone down that route, because Rangers and Celtic, because what he says, and I'm not knocking Rangers and Celtic, mm-hmm. they've got the power to produce footballers because they don't, they're not as competitive as any other leagues. Yeah. So they should, they should have gone down that route of producing that type of player what they used to produce years and years and years ago. But they didn't. They went like the English, uh, went long, direct box-to-box midfield players what we all even even nowadays there's still a lot of people are fascinated and think it's great the, the best way to play you know things it think it's exciting exciting that's that long ball is about as much as exciting as playing the ball square and backwards yeah you know I, 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 I don't like to keep talking about Guardiola because people go you know thinking i'm obsessed with adam no that's the way to play football. They look, the small players, they're intricate. They, you know, they get in and out, play with the tempo. Don't put balls in for sake of putting balls in. If, you, if you're going to put balls into a box or a big centre-half to go and edit, the big centre-half will edit out all day long. Choose how good your centre-forward is and how big your centre-forward is. You know, it's never going to work that way. And what they've done in Scotland and England, I mean, Wales and, 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 and probably Ireland have... Uh, they can't compete uh, against the best of the world. The Irish have gone down that route where uh, they, they can get the, the British players, English players, Scottish players, what ancestors have been uh, are Irish, and uh, they've done well that way. But And that's not knocking them. And what I'm trying to say, they have a small nation. But the, the only way to do it is to, is to coach kids. And bring them, bring them through. And if you if you can coach them and and, and get the players, sign players, what are composed on the ball, what can pass the ball, uh, then you you're going to be on the right lines. I went to watch Sheffield Wednesday, and listen, I'm like you. Uh, I went to watch Sheffield Wednesday play Everton last night. Yes, they made a load of changes, but let me tell you, the passing was atrocious yeah. for professional footballers. Yeah. Right? No, they're not Premier League players. But let me tell you, they'd be on 10, 12, 20,000 pounds a week in that league. And, and some of the passing was atrocious. And it's not knocking them because I want them to do well. I want all footballers to do well. Yeah. You know, the game the game about football is about passing the ball to, to one another's feet. The game of rugby is about passing the ball into the hands. The cricketers is with a cricket bat and striking the ball, you know, middle of the bat. But footballers, with some of our coaches and some of our fans are obsessed Get it up, get it away from our goal. You know, while, while it's away from our goal, we can't, you know, we can't concede. That's the biggest load of rubbish I've heard in my life. Yeah. But each, each and everyone's got a different opinion. Well, your opinion is very much shared by Alan Hudson because I was talking to Hoodie today and he was saying when he went up to Old Trafford to watch the Manchester United and Chelsea game and he says, I was watching it, but I, was, I can't believe they can't pass the ball. And, and this is the thing with lots of our teams, they don't 
past the ball or when they do it's just sideways and backwards what you alluded to earlier you look at the stats and they'll go he's got a pass completion of 83% yes but how many passes were forward how many times that midfield take a player on make something happen open the defence put the ball through and the striker's gone and scored it that's a, pop, a proper pass in my opinion not just a 10 yard sideways or backwards pass anyone could do that I could do that you're right and you're exactly right there uh, Gabby I mean when I when I look at it and and when I try to analyze it because I try to analyze it, you know, yeah. uh, to be fair to both teams, you know what what we have done, our pundits, so the fascinated, put it into Rosehead, put it into Rosehead for what? You've got to think about it. Now there's going to be times when it has to be cleared. Yeah. It, there could be a scramble it on the in the six yard box in the line, and then sometimes you're not going to be able to pull it. You shouldn't be pulling it down. Then that's that's when you can clear it. But, you know, to, to, to hear them talk and say uh, it needs to be, to be in Rosehead, and I think they miss it. It is the biggest load of rubbish I've heard in my life. No wonder why our coaches, no wonder why they're no good at coaching. I mean, they can never fail being on television because whoever wins, they side with that team. Yeah. So, and people say, aren't the marvellous, you know, intelligent footballers, these they talk, they talk brilliant, and I think they miss out. They talk more shit than some of the managers. <laughs> Totally agree with you. And also someone that was talking absolute rubbish that you posted up on your Facebook page. I called him the coaching clown. I mean, who was that bloke that worked at Bolton Wanderers? I mean, I, I did say that when you look at Bolton and the predicament they're in, it's hardly surprising when they've got idiots like him coaching. I watched, I listened to the, uh, I watched and I listened to the interview you did with uh, Alan Hudson. Um, and it was fascinating when he was on about managers and, and then people were, some, some were giving him good comments, some were giving him bad comments. And I get yep. that because it's opinions yep. and what they were saying that, uh, oh, it's not his fault. He never said it weren't his fault. And I, don't, I don't need to stick up for him because mm -hmm. it, 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 his football talk for him, uh, uh, for itself. Now, when, 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 when people are playing football, if you cannot pass a ball, yeah. if you cannot pass a ball, then then you shouldn't be in the game. And I've been saying this for years. When I was with Cloughy, he wanted to get the ball down. Yeah. The dot were the dot weren't bad. McManaby were a bit of a mixture, long and, and you know short ball. Jack were long ball. Yeah. And 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 these people, right, in the training, you know, it, it'd be all running all week, and then come to Saturday, it'd be long ball. Yeah. We're looking for athletes. Find me an athlete. I'll turn him into foot. An athlete does not have a football brain. He does not have a football no. brain. That's why the great player... Listen, I can only talk about Iniesta and Zavi now because a lot of people will see Iniesta and Zavi. Let me tell you, Iniesta and Zavi were no better than Giles and Bremner. Yep. Because what anybody says. Yep. They, the younger generation haven't, didn't see those. But that's how they played. Yep. You know, they kept the ball, they worked the ball, but they kept it with a tempo. They didn't go sideways, they didn't go backwards. You know, unless they try to kill the game off in the last two or three minutes. I get that. I understand that. Do it. Right? But in general, when you've got somebody down, don't let them back up. Go for the next goal. What do you see nowadays? They go one up, they go two nil up, they sit back. That's what Arsenal did against Watford. Two nil up, finished up two two. Manchester City play them the following Saturday. Same team, Watford beat them eight nil. You know, then Manchester City go away, uh, not Manchester City, uh, Arsenal go away winning Europe and then they go and beat uh, Aston Villa on um, Sunday. You know, it, 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 if you're going to sit back, 
That's what will happen. Yeah. There's times, there's time when to do it. <coughs> but when you've got somebody on rope, on the rope, and when you've got a team like Arsenal, we've got a lot of good players to sit back and allow Watford to come on to you, then you're gonna you deserve all you get. But people like that, and I've said it for 35 years. Oh, it's me. Uh, you don't want to listen. Load of rubbish. Because every player will tell you this, they will listen to a manager. But when you get on the football field, the opposition are trying to stop you doing uh, whatever you're trying to do. So if the manager wants you to play a ball down the line, that opposition will try and stop you doing it. So you've got to come up with some uh, inventive way of looking for another pass or another, or, you know, something what's going to create uh, some space or it's going to create havoc in the back four. You know, you don't do it on purpose, not where, when a manager is telling you to do something. You, players don't do it on purpose because what anyone says, mm. you know, the opposition try and stop you, you know, but <clears throat> we haven't, we haven't got a clue. I mean, I will listen to someone, uh, well, someone up at Liverpool were telling me, Klopp listens to the players in the dressing room. The players are on the football pitch. It's the players what uh, know what's happening on a football pitch, and if they're saying something like to Klopp, you know, this is ca- causing us a problem. We can't do this because of this. And they'll say, right, you go and use your football brain. Yeah. Now, when you get clowns like him, who, who I put up on that wall, and he is a clown because what anybody says, but but that's his opinion, and and we've got to respect his opinion. If he thinks that's the best way to go and do it, now, I'll give you all. Uh, the exact thing about Ronaldo. Ronaldo is as technical as what Messi is. Yeah. What Ronaldo's done, what compared to what Messi's done, is this. He has worked, worked hard, non-stop in training to try and get to be the best. And that's all he's done. So he's become, his body's become like an athlete. And so, so people like the guy who posted up will say, well, he's an athlete. And anybody what thinks Messi is better than him want the heads looking at. No, 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 no. Messi is the best technical player there is around. Yeah. Ronaldo is a close second to him. But what Ronaldo's done is brought records with goals and everything else. I mean, people say about doing it in this league, that league, and the other league. The reason why Messi has never been sold is because people won't be able to afford him. Yeah. And that's the difference. Ronaldo's been, people being able to afford uh, Ronaldo. You know, and Messi, nobody can afford Messi. You know, what would he have fetched? If he fetched £200 million Neymar, who was a great player, what would Messi have... If Messi had ever gone mm. on the transfer market, what would he have brought? D- it's it, mind-boggling, it, isn't it, when yeah. you think about it? It, it depends on how you, you view things. I mean, I'd look at it, I'd go, well, Messi's twice the player of Neymar, so you're looking at £400 million. But, mm. but whatever figure that you're looking at for Messi, you'd be... You couldn't afford him. You're absolutely right. And that's the thing with football these days. It's owned largely by countries or multi-billionaires. And and you can't buy that many players now because your average player or, or a decent player, when you're looking at Maguire, for instance, 80 million, a good player, 80 million, but he's only a centre half, a goalkeeper. 65, 70 million. They're just goalkeepers. Yeah. They're very important. All players on the pitch are important, but the most important players on the pitch are the ones in the final third that get you on your feet and excited with anticipation they're going to do something extra special and score a goal. And what price well, do you put on that? 
Well, you see, everybody's not going to agree with me and Alan Hudson. But if you next time you speak to Alan, you ask him when he was playing. Yeah. And it's not going back going back to yesteryear. The squads when he were playing in them be eighteen players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighteen players. Mm-hmm. Now what the what the teams have done, and, and and on the continent they've always done this. Uh, Juventus and them, right, and and Real Madrid and Barcelona, and in Portugal, the top two teams have always had more players. So they buy the other players from the other clubs. Yeah. So the next, uh, the, the the second or third best club or third or fourth best clubs can't get those players. Yeah. So they can't challenge them. You know, and that's always happened. And now it's had, mm. it started to happen in, in England where the top two are giving all the better players. Yep. You know, uh, and, and now they've got 30 and 40 players in the team. And you think to yourself, as a player, it, it, if I were in the team and I went to set the club for, if you're not going to play me, sell me. I'll go play somewhere else. Mm. I'd be a triple causer. Yep. But if you, nowadays, if you sat, if you sat uh, at a club... And you're not bothered about playing. You think I think to myself, is it about because people say well, they're not bothered that it's just about money? But I think to myself, is it because to put them on these big wages, some of these clubs can't afford them. They can't afford to pay them. Exactly. They can't afford to pay those wages. You're right. How is how is how football's gone? They've all by countries and by not not billionaires. The multi billionaires now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's become ridiculous at times. Mm-hmm. And and you're right because the loan system when when teams want to loan a player for instance in the old days you'd you get an orient or a, or a south end and they'd go and have a couple of tottenham like young kids and, and reserves and, and have them on loan for a bit but now they're on so much money those clubs can't afford it but no. what you find is that, that the bigger clubs then are almost paying the loan fees as well and some of the loan fees from Big clubs in Europe to to the Premier League, you're looking at a couple of million pound loan fee. It's just getting well, exactly. It's getting absolutely daft. Chelsea have made have made a little uh, fortune out of doing what they did yeah. last season. Yeah. Right now, if if, if if we take Chelsea loaning a, a player to uh, Grimsby, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The only way that's going to happen is for Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. would have to pay all the wages. Yeah, so because Grimsby couldn't do that, no. you know. But if that player is going from uh, Chelsea to a Derby county, Derby will have to pay uh, a loan fee yeah. for that player, and all that type of thing is killing the game off. Yeah, it really is killing the game off. Yep. Or uh, holding players back, and so they're not getting the experience what they need to get. But if there's if there was a restriction, and this is where I come from, if there was a restriction to how many players the clubs could buy, then players would go and play for the likes of Lincoln or Notts County, learn the trade, MK Dons, learn the trade, play under games, then get transferred to the bigger clubs, and then there'd be money coming down to the lower clubs and the lower leagues, and you've got that money that's been circulated around the game, and that money isn't being circulated there because they get them younger kids at a younger age, and they bring them in, and they have so many players, and then they just loan them them all out and it and for me it's absolutely wrong you know when we agree me you and Udo agree on things no yeah. we're not agreeing for sake of agreeing no, because if I, thought, if I thought you were wrong i'd say and no yeah. doubt you'd say the same with me yeah, now those points those points that you've just made there hmm? is brilliant why don't 
these football, uh, the FAs and the UEFAs, turn around and do that. Why does a club need 40 and 50 players? Shouldn't Why? be allowed. Shouldn't be allowed. Why? Not only that, mm-hmm. what people don't understand is, you go to the academies at Manchester United, yeah. and every team have got about 25, 26 players. Yeah. If you went to little Doncaster Rovers mm-hmm. or Grimsby, they might have 18 players. Yeah. You know, so they're not going into these uh, clubs. You know, the parents want to go to, to, to Man United. Then when they, uh, Man United, the Man City, the Liverpool, and then when they get released, they think, oh, they can they can go down and, and stay in there. But a lot of players don't. They don't want to go play at that level. You know, uh, it breaks the art, and then the thing, they, they walk away from football. Yeah. There's a lot of things happen with these young kids nowadays oh, what should yeah. never, ever uh, be happening. But... There's nothing I, you, Udo can do because yeah. unless you're a billionaire with it or uh, with the power to to, 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 to to make things happen, it's never going to happen. It's it's always going to go with the rich and the uh, the bigger people. What 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 can push it? Absolutely. And also when you're looking at you know, so I used to run a Sunday league team and I'd have kids at the age of 12, 13, 14 coming back out of Aston Villa, Birmingham City, West Bromwich Albion, Wolverhampton Wanderers, all the local pro clubs. And the kids, some of the kids are absolutely destroyed because they were sold the dream. The parents were sold the dream. They go to the, you know, the comprehensive school and my lad's at the Villa or is at the Blues. And then when they come out, the kid, you can see the confidence of the kid or most of the kids has been absolutely shot. And then it's down to the managers to, to build the kids up and to, you know, get them to enjoy the game again and yeah. get the ball and play football. And look, I used to say to the boys, like with Cloughy, because I used to love Brian Clough, the ball's a tool of your trade learn to love it and I used to give every kid on a Saturday a football and say just go for 25 minutes and do whatever you like with that football make that ball talk hey, listen until you can master the ball yeah exactly. uh, you're never going to be you're never going to be great at football yep. but a lot of things what you just said there is right but there's not only just clubs right the parents are as much to blame I'll go back to Jock yeah. You know, you never, you never hear me go on about Jock this and Jock that. Oh, and if it was at Man United, I, people would be saying, "Oh, you, but you, load of rubbish." Yeah. What I say about Jock is this: he's got to fill it. He's got to fill that body out. Once he fills that body out, he's got a big chance of being a, a good player. Then it all depends on when you're going to be playing uh, with better players, because better players make even better players. Yeah. But the parents think that their kids are the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, unbelievable. Honestly, there I is. I, I, I saw it at Doncaster. I see it at Grimsby with some of the parents. You know, my kids, this, my, and I think to myself, the poor little kid is going to have no chance whatsoever because he's put under pressure at home. Never mind at football clubs. Mm. They put under pressure at home as well as the football clubs. You know, because they're competing. When they go to these top clubs, they're competing against some of the the best young players in the world, near mine in the country. Yeah. You know, and when they look at it, and listen, there is no one more honest than the kid. Yeah. Because the kid will say it as it is, and he'll say to himself, I'm not as good as him, Dad. Yeah. Or that, he's rubbish. You tip, you put kids in your car, right? And I hear all parents will say to me, my kid thinks he's a bad player. My thing, and I, I think, I don't get involved in it, but kids can be the worst uh, enemies of other kids. And they can pull them and pull them down and pull them down and destroy them, you know. But the, the problem with it is when, when these kids are going to those clubs, it's going to destroy them because, it, like I say, some of these kids 
the best kids in the world near mine in this country. And they feel as though, you know, I'm not good enough. You know, uh, I'm not worthy enough to be at this club. Mm. And it doesn't help them. And they don't want to go to Lincoln. They don't want to go to Grimsby. Because you go to a training facilities at, at, at Manchester City and at Liverpool and at Man United and at Chelsea. And then go to a facility at uh, Grimsby and a Lincoln or a, uh, a Doncaster. You think, oh, I don't want to come here. Mm. You know, it... it the whole setup of it all in England uh, is not right. When you look at it on the continent, uh, year in and year out, we will buy players off the con off the continent. People, we only see in the transfer window. We don't see how many young kids come into our academies from abroad. I've never seen a stat where that has what's been published. We've had. X number of players from a uh, that country, that country, that country in at Manchester United, that country that in at Liverpool, and so on and so on. We've never, had, I've never seen that stat yet. I wonder why. Surprising, isn't it? Mm. Surprising. It is. Anyhow, magic moment. What have you picked up from the last seven days of watching football? Well, I look at that Manchester City, Manchester City eight 0 That's got to be a magic <laughs> moment in one sense, but. Like I said, I, I, even I get sick of talking about Manchester City. So I'm going to go with the Liverpool, the Trent uh, Alexander oh goal. Uh, the thought of it, you know, uh, making the uh, Chelsea, uh, the Chelsea, the goalkeeper, make Kappa thinking, uh, what is he going to do? Is he going to hit it first time? And for him to, to roll it on his foot, uh, Henderson, and he'd whacked it. But he does strike the ball. Uh, uh, Alexander Arnold strikes the ball just like Beckham. Yeah. Both of them. For, for right footers, because it's usually left footers who are uh, the best strikers of a ball. If you ask any player, they'll say uh, a left footer, you know, it can open, he's got a foot uh, like a tin open, it can open a, a tin. But those two, for right footers, are as good as I've ever seen in my life for, for, for hitting a ball. Because both when they cross it, the perfect balls, they always find the man in the box or whatever, whatever when they're passing it. It's it's phenomenal for right-footed players to be able to do what they do. You're absolutely right, because Joe Gallagher told me about, with, with Kenny Burns, you say that about Liam Brady, could open mm. a tin of beans with that left foot. It, but, and they can. They can. They, just, yeah. they always seem to strike the ball better than right-footers. If you went to any training ground and, and ask players, yeah. they'll, they'll all tell you the same thing. Yeah. Well, being left-footed as well, Terry, I'm not going to argue about that, because I, I totally <laughs> agree with you. <laughs> Well, my, my magic moment was um, this uh, Warsaw skipper, um, James Clark. The, the balls worked down the right-hand side. It was a fantastic, fantastic cross. He dug it proper out, looped it up, and he's done an overhead bicycle kick. And, and, and I looked at that. I watched that on YouTube on Saturday night, and I said to my stepson, Tom, why the hell's he wearing number five if he can do that? It was an amazing strike. Even at this lower level, lower level now, but it's a lower level, yeah. the, the, the lower leagues, uh, the banks up at Tramia. Yeah. Walsh came to him and he's headed it up here and then let the ball uh, drop down and volleyed it in. I mean, we don't talk about them, but they are great goals. We yeah. see a lot of great goals now. Yeah. But having said that, we wouldn't have saw... saw those type of goals uh, in yesteryear because the, the cameras weren't there. Very true. So I would imagine there were there were, there were about in those days, but it's great that these now on 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 on, uh, on videos, YouTube's, uh, Sky TV, uh, 
BT Sport. So we are seeing these goals from every types of players, and, and even they can get that recognition when they, when when they get older. They, they can even show their grandkids. Look at this goal I scored. You know, so that's fantastic for the for the lower level leagues to have. Uh, clips of them you know scoring fantastic goals but you're right it was a fantastic goal uh, the Walsall goal and then my second magic moment is of my obsession and Jack Grealish that run where he's got the ball and he's run through the Arsenal defence he's got towards the byline he's put it across and I thought Wesley was a great strike with the outside of his right boot and he took it like a seasoned goal scorer I think the boy will come good given time he's come from Belgium he's found it probably difficult with the pace of the game the Premier League everything else but I think he'll come good because I've looked at bits of his play I'm quite impressed with him he's got he's got the right manager with yeah. uh, Dean Smith uh, what will help him you're right about Jack Grealish and I, I've been saying it like you know I look at it a little bit different from uh, look at it, look at Jack Grealish a little, little bit different than you do because I look at his composure on the yeah. ball I mean twice they went in front you know and three times Arsenal came back I mean I don't want to talk about the VAR but I mean, oh, when I when I put a post on, I, I I said it Chelsea. I meant to say it with Aston Villa yeah. because the ball, the handball. I mean, they they say if it's an handball, stops a goal, or it's, it's stopping a goal, or it helps a goal, then it's it's it's, it's a free kick. Yeah. I mean, what the Arsenal player did, he put his arm towards the ball. Yep. And that would have been. I'm now then. I'm saying that would have been three one. We can't say it would have been three one, but it should have been a penalty, mm. and they had a chance to make it three one. And that's the difference, you know. So it's not Vars' fault because it's the people in these uh, in these rooms watching the monitors. So they're taking it away from a referee to put it to someone else in a, in a room. And who's to say if he don't want to give Arsenal a goal, if he don't want to give Chelsea a goal? No, it's, it's not a goal. So we have to believe what he's telling us. I, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I'd, I'd done an interview with uh, Matt Letizia, um I think it was last summer, and we was talking about VAR and VAR coming into it. It was while the World Cup was on. And uh, mm. some of the sumo wrestling that England encountered in, in <laughs> early games in the tournament. And we were laughing about it. And Matt said, if you think or people think that VAR coming in is going to change anything and going to make all these decisions correct and there's going to be nothing to talk about, people are going to be very surprised because it ain't going to change nothing. And it hasn't. Listen, we're not even talking about football now. No, VAR. Gabby. People yeah. talk about VAR, I, you know, match a day and everything. It's all about VAR. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad for me and you because we do all we all we want to talk about is football in, in general. Players, yeah. you know, uh, teams, managers, coaches. You know, when I look at it, what we should have done, uh, well, we have got one or two decent coaches coming through, but I would still do away with our coaching uh, courses in this country yeah. and make everybody for, uh, look at Guardiola. You don't have to follow Guardiola's way, but at least you'll learn more mm. from him than you would from the uh, the FA courses that, that some of our coaches go on. I'd, I'd just say, there's Leeds United, uh, they used to play in the in the 70s. There's Chelsea, Woody and, and yeah. the guys used to play. That's uh, Brazil from 70. There's Ireland from 74. There's Hungary from the 50s. Go and have a look at them. And, and that's how I want you to play football. And, and, and it just gets so and too scientific for me because I've always said this, football is a simple game complicated by idiots. Gabby, 
listen, and I've never been frightened to express myself and yeah. say it as it is. I'll look at some of the players, what were great players. I'm going to look at Paul Merson yeah. and players like that, right? And I hear them turn around and say, kick it into the stand. You know why they say it? Because they don't want to, to upset the manager because it gives yeah. them a job. It yeah. gives them a job. Does, yeah. That's the wrong way to go about it. Absolutely. You know, now, we've... <laughs> What we've done, we've, we've signed athletes. And like I said, they don't have a football brain. They don't think like a footballer would do on a football pitch. Now, you've got to be fit. Of course you've got to be fit. You know, when I say you, you, you've got to have footballers, you've got to have footballers what can keep the ball with a tempo, yep. what can pass with accuracy, what's going to, you know, uh, cause the opposition problems. You know, have we got players in that team what's going to thread a ball through? Have we got a player in that team what can go past someone? Have we got players in that team what's got confidence not to give the ball away yeah. and not panic under pressure? But when I listen to some of our guys, I mean, that debate, I've stopped watching that debate because I think they talk, and some of them, I respect as players. Yeah. But I, then I've realised now why yeah. we fail as coaches. These good, you know, I played in the Premier Leagues and in the, the first division when I would play. I can see now why they fail. Because yeah. when I look at it, you know, and people say, well, why are you right? Well, everybody says to me, top players don't make good managers. I can see why they don't make good managers. Yeah. It, it's, it's the poor. How they see the game. Mm. You know, if you're going to coach somebody, you've got to coach them right. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But, I mean, I will never change it. But what I've said for years, I can see people like Klopp and Guardiola and these and these other people, what's coming to the game, and a couple of young, uh, the uh, English or British managers now are a lot better, Brendan Rodgers. I mean, you can look at Brendan Rodgers. Sometimes I think to myself, did he take that Liverpool too early? Yeah, you know, probably. Not because of lack of experience. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Because... Uh, just missed out and then they got rid of him. All right, the, the fetch from the in Klopp and Liverpool has kicked on uh, another level. But who's to say that Brendan Rodgers wouldn't do that? Yeah. Now I look at Pochettino. I think Pochettino's a great coach. But I think Rodgers would do a better job than Pochettino because Pochettino at Tottenham, regardless what anybody says, and they do play some decent football, but he's forever chopping and changing his back four. Yeah. I've never seen that in all my life. I'm in every in, in every walk of life, even the, the coaches what play long ball for the managers what want to play and keep the ball never change the back four or very rarely change the back four. Yeah. But Poch did it. I mean, that's one of the reasons why uh, Walker left. When you look at the full backs, Walker and Trippier were, or were alternating week in and week out. Mm. Then uh, when he sold. Um, Walking to Manchester City, uh, Trippier was uh, chopping and changing with this with the, this new lad. What's just coming to the team? So uh, Trippier's had enough, and, and and he's gone off. You know. So when I look at Poch uh, chopping and changing the back four, is that causing Manchester uh, Tottenham a problem? Um, more than less, it is. It is. You know. It, it, it's funny how how managers think and, and what, why they think certain things is going to be uh, going to help the team. Now, the only way you're going to help your team is is having the players believe uh, and lifting them that they're good players. Because when you're chopping and changing them, choose who it is, they're not happy. If they chopped and changed Ronaldo, left them out every couple of weeks, mm. you think they'd be like, they'd like it. No, 100%. They'd be the first to complain. They'd be the first to complain. No, exactly. And by the way, the fans are good ballistic. Yeah. And the sponsors are good ballistic. Yeah. And you know, I, I get where they don't where they don't leave them out because they are will they are the world superstars. 
third good players get fed up of being left left out of a team. Yeah. You know, I, I hear them also when, about goal scorers. We need to get a 20, 20 goal a season uh, goal scorer. You'll never get that. How some of them play. Yeah. They play one up and defending football and counter-attack might have about five counter-attacks mm. in one game. And if he misses a chance, he hasn't scored a goal, somebody will say, well, he can't score goals. Mm. It's the teams, it's the manager, it's, it's the system. They're never going to score goals playing that way, Gabby. Never. But I'm always wrong and them lot are always right, but they always seem to fail. It, it, it is unbelievable how we... We just view things at times, and certain people view things at times. And I'm, I'm in your school of thought. And England of, in October, we've got another round of international fixtures. So the Premier League and everything else closes down for a bit, or the Premier League and the Championship closes down. League One and League Two, and, and the conference carries on. But a campaign that we're running on this podcast is Grealish for England, and I'm hoping that Gareth calls up Jack Grealish because for me the Achilles heel in the England team is centre midfield and we need players that are comfortable on the ball to make that play Listen, I'm like you, it'd be in my squad, yep. but the problem is there's that many good good midfield players. Oh we have, yeah. I don't but, it, but, but, he's, but he's a different type of player. Yeah. So I would. So would Guardiola, because you know yeah. what Guardiola would do. Exactly. Some of them would be playing full backs. Yeah. Because they're comfortable on the ball. Yeah. And if our full backs weren't comfortable on the ball, that's what Guardiola would do. Mm. You know. And now, <clears throat> yes, we've got these games coming up. And again, uh, I, I watched Pickford last night and I watched him make a couple of mistakes again last night. Do I think he's a good goalkeeper? Yes. So I don't want people to think that I'm, I'm, I'm criticising him. Do I think he's a world class goalkeeper? No. Yeah. So without having a world-class goalkeeper, and you mentioned about all players are important, Gabby, I guarantee I learned something from Brain Club. The most important player on a, on a, on a football pitch is a goalkeeper because there's nobody there to protect him. Mm. He always used to say to, say to us, I will get my, goals, uh, my striker's goals with a football, how we play. We will create chances for him. Yeah. We can't help our goalkeeper yep. once it goes past him. So we have to get, and that's why he went and bought Shilton mm. for Notts Forest. And that's why the reason, because Nottingham Forest were a decent team. You wouldn't have compared them and Liverpool, man for man on paper, but they used to get up uh, Liverpool's nose when, yeah. when, they, when they played them. So it's important that you, you get it right at the back. So for England, unless they can come up with a world, you know, a world-class goalkeeper, I can't say he's winning anything. I think we'll go close uh, uh, again because as football's right. But to get goal scorers, you've got to create chances. Well, let's, you know, and a lot of teams, a lot of teams do not create enough chances for their strikers. So you're going to get the same strikers playing all the time. You're Harry Kane. Of course, Harry Kane's a great player, but how do we know other other players are not great players yep. if they don't get the opportunity? And that's the problem. Going back to what you just alluded to about resting players and the top players don't like being rested at international level. It appears Harry Kane. All players want to play all the time. As a manager, you want to experiment a little bit. And we're going to have a look at the Carabao Cup and international friendlies or international games that you would expect to win. I'll guarantee you Gareth Southgate will always start with Harry Kane. Harry Kane yes. wants to take the, uh, the, the the mantle of England's top goal scorer. And if he's fit, Harry Kane will start. 
I'm with you, I wouldn't. I'd rest him in certain games and I'd put somebody else up there and I'd change things around, I'd change systems around. So when we come to tournaments, we've already tried these players, the different systems, and we're confident in plan B. At, at, at international level, yep. I agree with you on that. Yep. At global level, it's a bit different. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, what managers do, and you can ask Woody again on this, Charlie George Langevin, and I know I'm talking about yesterday. It happened then, and it happens now. When a manager doesn't want you to fail, uh, to succeed, right? When you haven't played for three weeks, yeah. ask any footballer. Mm-hmm. Ask we can't ask we can't ask Messi and we can't ask Ronaldo because they play in week in and week out. Yeah. You ask uh, a, a, a Frank Lampard or you ask Madison at Leicester if he missed three or four games, right? He'd be blowing out of his backside. Yep. Because you're not playing and you're not keeping that fitness up yep. by playing competitive football. Mm-hmm. So when these teams chop and change for the Carabao Cup, you know, and they'll say, look, well, they've had the chance here. They haven't had a chance. No. Because they haven't played for five or six weeks. Yeah. And you, you know, because for some unknown reason, there's nobody bothered about chopping and changing for, for this level of football. Yeah. Uh, we're not bothered about winning these Cabo Bowl Cups. And then they use that excuses. Well, he's had a chance and, and he's failed. Yep. And it's the same at England. Now, they should be giving these uh, the, these young lads chances, not only against um, uh, the weaker teams, but putting somebody in, right? But making sure there's a strong team yep. that he gets the opportunity to say, well, yeah, he is a good player. Now, he can push he can push uh, uh, team. He's going to push him instead of the, the play against some non-diplomed team, uh, and he might do all right. Or uh, the chopping change the team, and the kid doesn't produce, and then it's like I told you all. That's why I play uh, Kane week in, week out when it comes to the uh, internationals. No, you've got to play these younger kids, or not them all, but put a couple in at a time. Yeah. But make sure that they've got top quality. Uh, around them, like Manchester City did last night. Exactly. They played three kids there, two centre backs. I've been playing with the youth team and foddered. But look at who were playing Sterling, you know, uh, Silver, Bernard Silver. The team were fantastic. Yep. That's going to help those kids. For some unknown reason, English coaches don't do it. And it listen, I want to scream at times. And when I say it, people think, oh, I'm moaning. I'm not moaning and groaning. Yeah. I want to know why they're not doing it. Yeah. 100% agree. I mean, I've put it down here, a little uh, bullet point here, the 10 change cup. I find it absolutely bizarre and ridiculous that you change 10 players. Totally agree with you. Man City do it the right way. Play two or three. I wouldn't make any more than four changes in any game from one game to the next. And why? I want my senior pros in there. Listen, why, does, why do other clubs need to do it? The Manchester Cities, your Tottenham's, yeah. your Arsenal's, yeah. and your Man United's, and your Liverpool's need to do it for one thing and one thing only. They're in the Champions League. Yeah. And the Champions League, now, any one of them six could be in that Champions League. So that leaves four of them yeah. what are playing within a league. Mm-hmm. So I get them resting some players. Yeah. I do not get I do not get any other team from the t- bottom uh, from the bottom seven downwards in the Premier League. Yeah. Into, into the championship. Hundred percent agree. I, I, I can't get it because no, I don't. So, 
Huddersfield Town yeah. are going to struggle. I, you know, the Cowley brothers, for me, I don't think they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Right? But they've gone in a, a bad time. Right? They've been coached for three years on defensive work and how to stop teams playing. Yeah. Right? Then there comes the Carabao Cup, the chopping change, they get beat again. The confidence is flat, flat. The fans are not happy. Right? What chance has that club got now? What? How are they going to get, how are they going to build the confidence back up? You don't. You know, these have come in, they've played two games, yep. they've lost two games. Yep. You know, now, why they chopped and changed that team against Lincoln in the Carabao Cup, I don't know. Does it mean they're going to win? No. But at least you should have given himself a chance to win. It's like, I'm playing all the ones that played on the Saturday, what I think is going to win me a game on the Saturday. You're all going to play, we're going to get some confidence in. And they just might have beat a link in a three, four, five, six nil. It just might have lifted them up. Yeah. It might not. Yeah. But how they go about it nowadays, it really baffles me. It really does baffle me. And Wednesday last night, Gary Monkey made ten changes. I don't think Everton made that many changes. Did did they? I think they made about four or five. Yeah. You that, know, that's, I mean, that's Pickford fair played. They said they got plenty. They got they got plenty of top players. In. Yeah. I watched the game last night. People, some of the fans. I say it as I see it. Yeah, you know, I want. I expected Sheffield Wednesday uh, maybe to beat Everton, but mm-hmm. when I saw the team, it made yeah. ten changes. No, they were two 0 down within the first ten, twelve minutes. Yeah, you know, uh, and then it was ever. It was just like a stroll then for Everton. You know, uh, so why did it? People going to turn around and say, well, uh, I looked at the. Um, I want to have a look at the players. No, what you got to do? Mm-hmm. Get a winning team. Get a winning a winning uh, formula. And then met Gabby and Terry fight for the place. Yep. And you know, if 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 if, if the team's winning, then we've got to we've got to work even harder to try and get into that team. Yeah. Now if the team gets beat, then fight, fair enough. Put one of us in. Let's have a look at it that way. But no, they they they're not clever enough, and they're not strong enough, and they're not uh, good enough to to chop and change teams in the championship like your Manchester Cities and your Liverpools and your Chelsea. They're just not. They haven't got the players to do it. And why they do it, they deserve all they get. So I, sometimes, I don't want to see managers get sacked, but I have no sympathy, no sympathy for some managers. Now, while we're in the uh, the Sheffield Wednesday camp, now, the Owls is the, uh, is the nickname okay. of Sheffield. Now, f- for me, being out of Sheffield and, and knowing nothing about them, it's because they're from Alwerton, isn't it? it it's yes. the area that they take yes. that from, yes. isn't it? The Owls. Yes, yeah. that's where it. Yeah, that's where it uh, originates from. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they used to play down that. Uh, uh, well, the, the, the Alwerton dog track is 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 about two hundred yards away, you know. But it, it's in that vicinity. That's why they call the uh, the Owls. Yeah, I thought it was. Mm. Now, Adam Reach was. He was on top form last season, or he, or it appeared as though he weren't. I seen him score one or two fabulous goals, a couple of worldies, and you're thinking, blimey, this kid he's come out of nowhere. He he looks, you know, he, he looks as though he's a hot property and could go and kick on next season. And you could argue he, he could go and play in the Premier League. But what's happened to him? I saw a picture on Facebook today and it looks as though he's piled on the pounds and something doesn't seem right there with that boy well uh, obviously I saw him last night it, yeah. it, 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 it looks fit enough to me okay. the, thing is, the thing is Gabby uh, and all players will tell you this 
new managers come in. Yeah. You know, you know, when we talk about football, yeah. I will talk about how I like to play football. You know, everybody doesn't like that way of playing football. Yep. Every, I, they don't like a lot of people don't like playing that way of football. It's same with your player. So a new manager comes in, he even though Reach is doing all right, mm. he still not, might not fancy him. Mm. The kid what's gone out into um, Turkey, the the left back. Well, I said left back. Uh, Mourinho bought him, but he wouldn't play him. Yeah. And Conte played him at left back, and he won a he won a, a medal at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. The black lad, I'm trying to think what his name was. It, 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 it was at Liverpool and Wigan, okay. right side of player. You might come up with his name in a minute. But uh, when Conte uh, got the Chelsea job, he stayed in team. When the other player uh, manager come in, Sarri, he bombed him out and he, he sent him on loan. Yeah. And that's that's all that is. It's same as you on a radio station. Yeah. Somebody comes in a bigger boss. Somebody, your boss goes. Some, another boss comes in. It takes you from a six o'clock, puts you in at twelve o'clock. Yeah. You might not like it. You feel frustrated at it. And that's all that is. It just mm-hmm. might be. I'm not saying it is. You know, it just it just might not get the recognition what a Steve Bruce were giving him or what the other manager was giving him. Yeah. The other manager comes in, Monk might come in and think, you know, Gabby looks a good player for me. And he's throwing his attention that way. It's things like that. What can, uh, it shouldn't do, but it's things like that. What does, uh, can upset a player. They might not uh, say it, but uh, they feel it. And Forrest, the area, he always looks a player whenever I watch Wednesday. You know, he's, he's on a bit of a ban, isn't he? He's got a six yeah. game ban. What's the feeling up there in Sheffield about Forest area and, and about with Gary Monk coming in now? Well, it's, it's the same as everything else. Yeah. They'll the, the class him as a maverick type of player. Yeah. But every manager, it's like Jordan Rhodes. Jordan Rhodes uh, goes from one club to yeah. another and does quite well on loan. When it comes to Sheffield Wednesday, can't go in team and doesn't seem to be able to do it at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. And it's the same as Forest area. Yeah. You know, managers are playing him left wing, right wing, uh, midfield. Uh, in behind, so he's not he's not having a position to get settled in uh, and make his own, you know, uh, the chopping and changing. So they lose confidence, and and, and sometimes all that's done is if they don't want to play that player, they'll put him out on left hand side, and after half an hour, seventy yeah. minutes, pull him off, and and then he's, he's out at team then for for three or four weeks. <laughs> Football managers uh, are trying to get results because they're trying to get the sack. I get that. But these managers nowadays are wealthy, wealthy people. If I couldn't go into management and not fear of losing a game of football with the money what they have behind them, you know, because nine times out of ten they always get another job. Yeah. And if they don't get a job back in football, right, they go talking on television. I mean, some of these managers, I've seen them as managers and make a right mess of it. Then they yeah. go on television and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what, I hate Coronation Street and Emmydale. <laughs> But sometimes I think I'll, I'll turn that off. Yeah. And I'll set it message. That recording you've done, that combination street, I, I can't even tell you who's in it, but put them on, I'll watch out and listen to some of them talk. I'm telling you. But that's me, you know. But I get frustrated. I do as well. European Conference League that's starting in 2021. What the hell is that all about? Oh, it's money. That's all it is. It's money. It's just you know, it'll be for for TVs throughout the world, and money on top of money on top of money. It, it, listen, I don't like talking about politics. I only put a couple of things on, and that's what it's like. They do it to upset everybody else. Yeah. And nobody turns around and says, you know, what's the reason for it? Yeah. You know, they keep saying 
we're playing too many games. Exactly. Why, so why do we want some more fixtures? Tell me. I, I just don't get I can't it. Answer I, the, don't I cannot get it. it. I cannot no. answer the question for you. I really can't. It just, it's frustrating. I mean, in the old days, we had, if you won the league, you win the European Cup. The one year when Forrest won it and we had Forrest and Liverpool and uh, Forrest won the league and went in the European Cup, didn't they? Liverpool yeah. won the European Cup the league, uh, the season before. So when Forrest thought we're going on a European tour, they actually drew Liverpool and then knocked them out when Gary Birtle scored that goal. Yeah. Now, that's what happened. So you'd have a maximum of two, but only two if that meant that, that your league champions had won the European Cup. Then we had the UEFA Cup, which was very strong because we had second place down to about sixth. And then we had the Cup Winners' Cup of the FA Cup. The winners of that went into the Cup Winners' Cup. And then if you had the final of the, 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 the FA Cup and there was a team that was involved in Europe, you might you might be in the UEFA Cup, you might be in the Cup Winners' Cup and the European Cup. So we'd have probably about six teams in Europe. That was England's quota. Yeah. I mean, now I, I just I, I give up with, well, with what's going Gabby, on. Gabby, look, I'm not being funny. When you look at all this, yeah. you know, when I was a kid, my team is Sheffield Wednesday. Yep. My second team is Man United. Yep. And why is it Man United? Because of George Best. Yeah. But I love Chelsea because of the players they got. I, lo- I like Leeds United because of the players they got. Yep. Not, uh, you know, if they got beat, uh, I weren't bothered about it. But if they won, I weren't bothered about it. But if they were on match day, I think, you know, I want to play is that Johnny Giles or Billy Bremner or Eddie exactly. Gray or at Chelsea, you know, uh, Osgood, Hutchison, uh, Bobby Tamblin, uh, Charlie Cook, Alan Hudson, you know, and I could I could name them, yep. you know. Now the Champions League, Manchester City won a treble last year, which is very difficult. Yes, they've got all the players, mm-hmm. but it's still difficult to win a treble oh, in the yeah. in, in in the English football. Liverpool won the uh, European Champions League, great achievement. And Klopp has got more praise for that than what Guardiola is. And I like Liverpool. I like Liverpool uh, as a team. In the eighties, I thought they were. Fabulous to watch, great players, and I used to think they've done they've done England proud and they've done Britain proud uh, playing in Europe, right? But anybody can win uh, the Champions League now because, and nine times out of ten, it isn't the, the team what wins the league. It's usually a team yeah. what finishes second or third uh, in 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 one of those countries. Yeah. You know, to play all these games and to have a mini league for me. That's not a Champions League. No. Why they call it? Well, they call it a Champions League. That's what they call it, a Champions League. But it's not a European Cup or a Champions Cup it, it, because at the end of the day, it should be the champions of, that, of those countries. You know, and they might then not play as many games. They might then have, and they still make, they still make the money. They still make the money because who wants to see uh, Liverpool play Shakhtar Dinant? They want to see Liverpool play uh, Barcelona. They want to see Liverpool play Man United. They want to see Liverpool, well, not Man United, but they want to see Liverpool yeah. play at Real Madrid. Or whoever, whoever wins that league. And there was always you something know. on the game in, in old money, wasn't it? You know, yeah. it was a home and away. So, you know, it was it was always, it was knockout. It was cup competition. There was summer on it. Now it's in a league format and there's a lot of dead rubber games in the Champions Listen, League. Football, and the rest of it. football fans have really... Well, not baffled me. I try, I try to get, to, yeah. but I try to think why did I think about it? Because football is like being at, at school now, at school sports day. We're not bothered about winning. Yeah. Unless you're Man United or Liverpool, who's at top of the league, or Manchester City. You know, the rest of them. 
Mm. We're not bothered about winning a cup. We're no, not bothered not. about doing this. We're Just, not bothered about doing no, that. They're not. You know, yeah. it, it baffles me. Yeah, it completely baffles mm. me. You know, I went to watch Sheffield Wednesday last night, and this isn't a complaint. I went, uh, I enjoyed the game. Uh, parts of it was quite good. Uh, parts of uh, things what Sheffield Wednesday did in the game was good, but you could see there was a big gulf between the two teams. Yep. You know, and I think to myself, why would you not try and win a, co- a competition? Why would you not try and breed uh, confidence into your team? You know, it baffles me in this country how people look at it and think, you know, if we stay in Premier League, you know, uh, it's a great thing. What does them players at the bot at the bottom ten clubs teams? What do they must think every day to go in, knowing they're going to get beat beat in, beat yeah. week in or week out, mm-hmm. or win one, draw one, lose next three, and the training just be training to be organised to stop team playing. I'd sooner pack football. I couldn't enjoy playing. Yeah. I could not enjoy that. I really couldn't. I think you're absolutely again, tell spot on, because you're you're a footballer. You want to win games. You want to win cups. When you finish your career, and it is a short career, I know the modern day player is very well paid for for what they do. But ultimately, you go in training. You're ready for the game. You want to win the game, and most players these days, apart from the top few clubs, all they can look forward to is playing the same type of fixtures, the same type of game, week in, week out. Because when it comes to the cup competitions, when it's your chance to, to shine and to win a cup and to get to the final and get that medal, it's taken away from you because they play the reserve team. It's all wrong. I watch your podcast, John... Um... What's his name? John um, Parkin. Parkin. John yeah. Parkin and uh, Brown. And I watched the pod- podcast. I watched them all in podcasts and I watched David Thompson. And yeah. when I saw him at Liverpool, he looked like being a Liverpool player. Yeah. And he said, when I went to Covington, we went and played Liverpool. We were beat before we started because the manager played uh, defensive football. We played one up front. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we'd, we'd only want to try and counter-attack them two or three times in a game. And then they said to and then they said John Parkin said to him, he said, uh, do you think because you're small that uh, it went against you? And he said, I, I think I did because my little legs won't. It's not that his little legs won't take him. Yeah. It's not, he didn't, Listen, Iniesta and Xavi and Bremner and Giles and all these great players can't get up there when that ball's not long. That's why they play in and around teams and through teams and behind te- and behind teams. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, you, you've got it wrong, uh, lad, because at the end of the day, you were a good player. And he was a good player. He didn't fulfil his career. But when you're playing for teams and they're playing long balls for little players to try and get up there, mm. it's never going to work. Because technically, he was talking about it, the players were all coming through. And he said, I was always up there, if not one of the best, uh, through the academy system. Yeah. But once they start playing direct 30-yard passes, it was bypassing him the game. Mm. But what was, a fas- what was fascinating for me when he said how the man... And I used to think to myself, there's only me ever said this. Yeah. But now one or two are saying it. I said it when I was playing. Yep. I said it when I was playing, when I was playing with Jack Charlton and some of these others. You know, the Mick Buxons of this world, I used to think, this is boring, this. <laughs> you know, it is boring, this. You know, and you know you beat before you start, Gabby. Yep. Now, I'm not saying that Little Sheffield Wednesday is going to beat uh, Everton, but let's have a go. Yep. Let's have a go. Exactly. 
and be aware when we haven't got the ball, what his job is when we haven't got the ball. That's all you've got to do. Yeah. But when you when you when you've got in your team athletes and not footballers, listen, Watford are athletes, they've got to beat eight nil. Yeah. And you'll say, Oh well Man- you'll say Manchester City can do that to anybody anyone. You know all the week when they got beat by Norwich? Yeah. All the pundit experts they can't defend. Has anybody ever told them? Listen, they mind the order will be the re- research, right? But I don't research. I, I I watch, I listen, and it sticks in my head. All to do with football, it sticks in my head, right? Manchester City for the last two seasons scored more goals than Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, any other Tottenham, and they conceded less than any of the all than any of those teams. When they make a mistake. Or one of the stones, or or two men didn't make a mistake. Told you they can't defend, they can't. They could see the less goals than Liverpool, Arsenal, Man, any of them other teams, and they said they can't defend. Yeah. You are going to have bad games. There is no team can win every game. You are going to make mistakes. Every team makes a mistake. Liverpool, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Every team in the world makes mistakes. But when a team what wins everything week in and week out, they'll love to jump on top. I told you they can't defend, they can't do this. Some, some, somebody ought to teach them how to uh, how to be football managers. Because I tell you what, the commentary, the commentary, what they do, is unreal. It's as bad as be, being a manager sometimes, watching some of them. Well, if I ever become a multi-billionaire, TC, and buy a football club, I'm going to have you and Hudson. As my manager. Well, I'll tell you what, if you did, you wouldn't have to worry about anything. I wouldn't. No. I guarantee you. Yeah. You'd be able to go on that beach, yeah. fly back for a game, go back to the beach, you'd enjoy it, you won't be upset, you won't be kicking somebody up the ass every weekend <laughs> thinking, what a bad game this is. Yes, we're going to have some bad, bad games, but overall, you'd win more than you'd lose, I guarantee you. And to be fair, when football's played like that, I'd rather be at the ground watching the football than on the beach. I've never been a beach boy. Anyhow, <laughs> fine, fine, finally, our predictions, our football predictions. As I wrote, Birmingham What's the City score? Out, four, four, four two now, is it? Four two now. Yeah, we we, yeah. we had both of us had a mare of a week. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I was a bit unlucky with Arsenal. You you were yes. I was a bit unlucky with Arsenal. You were. Um, what was the other one? I, well, I thought I, Birmingham. What did you put Birmingham one 0 You you had Birmingham as a draw. Yeah, and I, I had Birmingham as a win. We what bu- was that? One 0 wasn't it? It was one 0 to Preston. So I mean that could have gone out anyway. Yeah, could've. you might have had a nightmare, but I I, I, I weren't bad. <laughs> we, we both went Everton against Sheffield United, the Blades. Yeah, and and, and Sheffield won. Wednesday and Fulham, you went a Wednesday win, I went a Fulham win, and that game ultimately yeah, that, ended in a draw. To and be honest, Fulham should have beat Wednesday by all means by some of my friends. They, 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 they were a better team, but if a, a draw will do me at his uh, moment in time. But you were a bit unlucky on that one. And then we, we went Leeds, you went for a Leeds win, and I went for a draw against Derby. So out of the... Five games that was played, there's ten predictions. We got one right between us. But we were very close. We yeah, were very well, close. I mean Leeds batted Derby. Yeah. And they've got a draw. Exactly. Uh I, I could have could maybe got something out of the Birmingham game. And and Villa Villa were a bit unlucky. Yeah, they're very uh, you know, I mean that should have been a penalty. I'm not saying they'd have scored it, but it might have been a different result. 
And the Abamyang, the, the the free kick that was an Arsenal play, which you can't do that these days. So you know, Villa have got a big argument that mm. they should have got at least something from that game. Okay. They're getting something from tonight's game because the boy that they signed from Birmingham City, Jotter's just scored. Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, so Brilliant. We're, we're coming up to this this round of fixtures. We've got two on a Friday night. We've got Fulham versus Wigan. Fulham. I'm going Fulham as well. So we're both agreeing on Fulham. Stoke City versus Forest. We're bringing Forest in the equation. We drop Birmingham City. Forest. He's on his last legs, him. I'm going to go for a draw in that game. You know, no wonder why you like bad weekends. <laughs> <laughs> Everton versus Manchester City. I think we're both going to go. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Everton. Really? <laughs> Man- oh my Man- God! I'm <laughs> choked there, TC. Man-, Man City. Listen, that's why you've got to have players like me in the dressing room. <laughs> exactly. Um, Charlton versus Leeds. Uh, Leeds definitely leads this. Definitely leads. I think Charlton's had a little bit of a, a good run. I yeah. think they might be on a blip now. Yeah, I'm going to go Leeds as well. Borough versus Wednesday. Draw. Yeah, I fancy a draw there, to be fair. And Villa versus Burnley. Villa. Villa this week for definite. Oh, yeah, I fancy a 2-0 Villa. I put 2-0 Villa. Um, so the the defining game is Stoke versus Forest on Friday night. So if if it's a draw, I make it 4-3. It's a Forest win, which I think originally on my Facebook account I've gone for a 2-1 Forest win. But I'm going to go for a draw. I think Stoke might get something from that game because he's in the last chance saloon and he's been drinking there for some time. The only thing Stoke's going to get out of that game is 15,000 fans going to the game. I yeah. think that's the only thing they're going to get out of it. Without being funny to the kid, I think the confidence has drained from the team. The, the comp- I mean, to get a bad result again like they got last night. Yeah. You know, if the first minute, if somebody gives the ball away, they're going to be on the player's back. I just, yeah. I cannot see it. I, I don't, listen, I like Stoke. Mm. I like Stoke. You know, I like lots of football clubs, but I just can't see that. I just think the confidence is completely drained. I think they're in a worse, in, a, in as bad a position as Uddersfield Town is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I remember when Stoke did get relegated against Crystal Palace, I was on a family holiday in Disneyland in America. And um, me and Udi, we had a phone conversation uh, on the Monday. Uh, and I said, what was it like, Alan? He said, they were awful. Promotion next season, Alan said, there's more chance of Stoke getting relegated than promoted. And Alan Hudson, that was about 18 months ago, Udi was absolutely right. And you and Udi, nine times out of ten, are right. Terry, I'm going to thank you for your time again. You're an absolute superstar. And we're going to go out with um, one of my favourite records. Sure Don't Miss You by The Dip. Out on my favourite record label, Coalmine Records from Ohio in America. And can we thank Jimmy Coburn for magnificently playing in our podcast every week dream forever and if you want to catch Jimmy Coburn you can weekends at the Cavern Club as he is John Lennon in the Cavern Club Beatles so thank you Jim brilliant and have a great weekend sorry Terry to butt in there yes same to you and your missus have a fabulous weekend 
I do hope Birmingham get a good result for you, Gabby. I know you've dropped him. I wouldn't have dropped him. I won't let the fans have uh, got topside of me. You've got to give them, uh, if they don't like what you say, you've got to bite your lip. There's only you wins when you do that, Gabby, I promise you. I've bit my lip and tongue that many times, CC. I've got ulcers in my tongue. It's 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 like in two parts. But I'm, you wanna be you wanna be in the dressing room when a man when a manager gets onto a player and and, and then you'll know what biting your tongue is. <laughs> Well, let's hope that you are singing the blues this weekend when uh, Sheffield Wednesday smash Middlesbrough. I've got yes, well, I've gone for the draw, but uh, obviously, I hope my bet, I hope my bet's down on that because I hope we Wednesday win. Top man, TC. Till next week. Cheers. Have a good weekend. Like I said, fabulous. See you later. Cheers, pal. Let's Bye-bye. listen to the deal. Ta-da. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I was blue as a man could be. Show me so bright now. It took me a while to get back on my feet. It took me a while to smile again. It was a shame that I could ever be so weak. But I love you, dear. Yes, I did. Anbefaler. 
Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcasts, der forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.